Barbara, how you all doing? Okay, where's Gary? Where's Gary Pitchford? You did not serve enough coffee this morning. You need to get here at six in the morning. Make sure every person coming to the building gets, I was going to say a shot, but I better be careful what I say, but a drink of your coffee because it would wake you all up. But hey, good morning. Thanks. Well, thanks for joining us and thanks for walking through this journey with us over these last few weeks. Um, my name's Rob. One of the pastors here, and it's a privilege to talk with you this morning. Hopefully, you'll be encouraged. Hopefully, I may press a few buttons. Hopefully, I may take something away from this morning. But over the last few weeks, we have been uh, thinking about and talking about the whole idea of being salt and light, whether or not you're left or right or independent or whatever it would be, right? We've been kind of toying with that idea, not saying you shouldn't be, just saying when you should be and how you should go about it. You should probably take a deep breath. And think about it. We've looked at um, that idea of kind of salt and light left and right from a whole host of different perspectives. And today, I'd love to close the series out by looking at an area that I think can either do this. It can either lift a person up instantaneously or it can lay a person out in a split second. And that's with the words that we say and sadly in our culture, even the words that we pray. I mean, thinking back, and please, I'm not being political this morning, but I think back to our last general election, <clears throat> and I'm saddened by the amount of people who would say I'm a believer would use these words in this position to literally speak curses over people they don't like politically. God never gave us these words to use that way. But how powerful are words? Well... A young lady um, penned these words um, to her father in a text. I think you have it, though, don't you? They just did the daughter, daughter daddy dance, and it made me miss you a lot. I love you, Dad. Dad cried like a baby. But Dad's response was that he sent her a text and said, okay, then let's dance. But he also sent her a song and said, hey, let's dance to this song because it's one of their favorite songs. Thank you, Joe. Stop me crying, I'm going to be all right. Yeah, it's my youngest daughter, Megan. She's at a wedding, and she was asked to videotape the daddy-daughter dance, and she sent me a text while she was doing it, and that's the text. Dad, I miss you. I love you. Words are really powerful, and words really impact people, and words really do leave a mark. Words to us. 
put words from us. There was a husband that saw this and he thought, I'm going to take this whole idea to a whole new step. And here's what he did, so thank you. Brotherly love, who would have thought it being Philly, where our eyes would finally cross, and the place that I met you was free. for Andrea. No, I sent it to my girls first, and, and Kaylee and Megan went, Dad? I said, yes, babe. That's so cheesy. <laughs> but it's so cute. <laughs> Words, right? I mean, they can be cheesy to you, but when Andrea got it, she just cried like a baby. I'm out. Yeah. All the men are like, where do you do that? (laughs) Megan's text, words to me mean nothing to you. mean everything to me. As a dad, I sat and wept that my daughter would would think of me in a moment that she's elsewhere doing that. And she communicated her awareness by her words. See, our words really, really matter. Both to those we, we love the most and to those whose lives we come in contact with. You've got these over the last few weeks. One of the most powerful things this reflects is your words. One of the most powerful things that instantaneously impacts someone's life are your words. A friend came in this morning not knowing I was talking on this, and he took me to the side by the bathroom. He said, you have no idea what the phone call meant to my wife this week. I just did it because God stirred my heart. But his look on his face this morning of the impact it had on his wife. See, you weren't there. Me and her were on the phone. Words. Reflected in a mirror, impact people's life in a powerful way. A friend sent me a text this week, and I asked his permission to read the first part of it to show you how powerful words are. His name's Thomas Bybee. He sent me this text. He said, been doing Bible studies with my biological father. Yesterday, he said, Jesus died for his sins, and he accepted him as Lord and Savior, and he spoke about him being his best friend. I just began to tear up, Rob. Why wouldn't anybody not tear up with that? See, it may not mean anything to you, but to him, he watched his dad get impacted and transformed by the words of Jesus spoken into his life. Every Sunday that we come here to gather together, as dad encourages us to do, 
in life groups or serving in communities or in our, our go groups, opportunities that are available in our community, or the friendships that you invite people into. See how we talk to one another and how we love one another and invite guests to become comfortable all depends on the words that you choose to use. Every time a stranger walks through the door, they can either stay a stranger and leave a stranger, or they can come a stranger or a guest, and they can all of a sudden feel like they're becoming family simply by what you say, simply by the words that you and I choose to use. <coughs> Oops, sorry, guys. And you guys are amazing that way. See, guests are becoming comfortable because of what you're saying to them. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Why? Why, why, why? Because you were a guest at one time, and you're not anymore. You were a guest where you stepped into something. You were that new person. Like, oh, what's going to happen and how people are going to react with me? And somebody introduced himself and you took a deep breath. Your words are allowing people to take, take deep breaths here. Proverbs 18.1 says this. Our words are so powerful, they let or kill or give life. And the talkative person will reap the consequences. I wonder if moments like the one we're in right now, like the election season here in a few days, I wonder if some of the times when we should be really aware of what we say and how we say it is in moments like this. Can I just be up front and if I cross the line, come see me afterwards? Please be careful what you say next week, whoever gets elected. Because the last time I checked, that guy's in charge, not anybody down here. And I don't mean this disrespectfully, but no political party's ever going to save us, only Jesus can. And so next week, whoever, for whatever reason, if God's really in charge of all of this and we pray and ask for his will, one, the Irish God's not deaf and you don't have to shout. And he's right next to me because he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So I don't have to call him down. I just have to talk to him. I can simply go, Dad, I would ask for your will and what you want in the bigger picture to be achieved in what's happening in our country, not what I want, but your will be done. Because Jesus used those words. I would just say next week, whatever it would be. I think King David had an incredible awareness of the idea when he penned these words, powerful words for us to ponder. They're found in Psalms 19. So may the words of my mouth, my meditation thoughts, and every movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing, acceptable before your eyes, Yahweh, my only redeemer, my protector. David was king and he had all the power, yet he knew where to go. He knew where to take himself with all of the royalty and all of the power and all the prestige. He knew where to take himself, and that was to the foot of Jesus, to the foot of his God on a continual basis, and asking him to intervene in his circumstance and situation. How powerful are words, really? Well, it's like a rock being thrown in a pond. Take a look. it. Go drop a rock in a pond and two things are evident. One, the rock disappears way before the ripples ever get to the edge of the pond. Two, the ripples go out in every direction and the rock has no control of the ripples, yet the rock is the thing that caused them. I wonder if that's how our words work. I wonder if we could see the effects 
of our words and how they impact people's lives, if we would be more aware of how we use our words and maybe even the words we choose to use. I wonder, there are some of you here today where not so good ripples are floating through your head and your heart that have been caused by other people's rocks or words in your life that you wish you could stop. Maybe you've caused them in someone else's life and you wish you could take them back. See, it's easy to throw, it's just harder to control. We can throw so quickly and we can react so quickly and we can say so quickly out of different reasons and different things. And all of a sudden, they're, it's like, ah, I get to do it. And all of a sudden, the ripples just continue. And as we watch them, we go, ah, oh, no, 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 not, not that, ah, no, not that person, ah, not that situation, ah, oh, no, no, I didn't want to go that far. Yeah, we have no control of them. How powerful are words? You received a bookmark this morning when you came in. Anybody not get one, by the way? I, I, it's just a piece of paper, probably. Probably just coated with some plastic or whatever it is or whatever they do. But it says some crazy stuff on here. Redeemed. Because you are. Because what he did. Forgiven, regardless of your resume, that you don't like. Chosen, hey, really? Yeah, that's what he says. Words that literally transform and impact people's lives. I encourage you to read it because it says forgiven. It says chosen, it says loved, it says redeemed, it says some other things. And maybe you could read it and maybe you could get carried away. And maybe you could go find a friend. You could go give it to a friend. I said, I'd like to give this to you because I think... These things really matter to you. This is who I see you as. You could speak it. You could give it to somebody this week. Or you can make a joke. Or you could speak life to somebody. Because I know of my friend, I won't call him out this morning. He has no idea what those 30 seconds at the bathroom door meant to me this morning when he shared about how impactful my conversation was with his wife. Because that's all I want my words to do. I want my words to speak life to you because enough people speak death. Listen to stupid radio. Get on stupid Facebook. Look at the stupid billboards. Listen to stupid newscasters. They never listen to one another. So someone's sitting there, rah, 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 they're just speaking over the top constantly and they ask a question and then someone tries to answer and all they do is speak over. No one listens to. I just wonder if... There's a friend that would be desperate this morning for someone to speak life to them. For someone to come and just speak life into them because all they've dealt with last week is lifeless. I just wonder if that's what we could do. See, as Christ followers, disciples of Jesus, we have access to the one thing that truly transforms and changes the world no matter how dark it may seem. It's this Jesus did. He's the only real hope in a world that is hopeless. He is the good news when sadly everything else around us at times seems like it's bad news. Jesus is the answer for the world today, period. No other combination, hybrid approach or mixture, just Jesus. Why? Because not a religious system or a party or a human being or a president or a prime minister or a man-made prophet or even the Pope some of them may be really, really good people. They're just not Jesus. 
They're just not Jesus. Jesus is the thing that person that changes people. He's the one who speaks life, simple life over people continually. He looks for opportunities to speak through us. It's crazy. But Jesus calls you and I to be a conduit, a connection between the hopelessness in our world today and his hopefulness for our world today, simply by the words we choose to say. I mean, it doesn't cost a lot. I had the privilege of of doing this incredible, sexy, fantastic, beautiful couple's wedding renewal yesterday. 60 years married. What was really interesting was um, neighbors, friends, different people came, and one of their neighbors took me to the site afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, whoa. Hello. I know why you chose her. Hello. But one of the neighbors took me to the site yesterday and said, can I have a minute with you? Pastor, I said, Robert, he said, look, Robert, this is kind of new to me, new to us. But I've never, never been in something so moving as just experienced today. Both the words you said, Dave and Jerry, the words you said about them and how you said those words. They weren't just words. They were personal. There was intimacy connected to the relationship that you had with them. See, words make a huge, huge difference. See, Jesus believes in us because he says amazing stuff like this to us. Here's some of the words that, that help bring everything into focus. We've been reading this each week. It's found in Matthew 5. It says, you and I, whole section, would you stand, please? This whole section, would you stand? All of you. You and I, that's all of us. You and I, that's all of us. Section, please stand. That's you and I, that's, that's all of us. That's, that's you and I, that's, that's all of us. You and I, you and I, all of us, are the salt and light of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, if it gets tainted, if impurities get into it somehow, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Section in the middle, you and I, please stand. You and I, you and I are the light of the world, a town or a life built on a hill cannot and should not be hidden, especially in times like we find ourselves in today. You're his hands and his feet. You are his voice. You're his words. You're the one who touches a life in an appropriate way and adds value and love and care and consideration and recognition to it. Have a seat, please. I wonder. I wonder if some of the ways to be salt and light maybe starts by simply choosing to be aware of what we say and how we say it to the people sitting around about us that we live next to. Do me a favor for the next couple of minutes. If you can do it, not with your spouse or somebody else, would you turn to two or three, four people and do me a favor? Take a moment and answer this question. Can you remember a person who chose to be salt and light to you? They've had to use the words with you. How did it make you feel? Can you turn around just where you're sitting and talk to the people next to you just for a couple of minutes? Go ahead and do that, please.
cut out. Thanks, buddy. back with me a second would you just for quickly just for a second um, I, I don't want to put anybody in the spot but just out of curiosity anybody want to just stand up quickly where you're sitting and just shout out what anybody want to give us an answer to a question for them any volunteers and it was just it was pure grace I didn't want to go to church because I didn't want people to judge me and I didn't want people to know what I had done and Tom didn't ask he just sat by me he made me hot cocoa and I've never left man anybody else okay, stay there would you take up for me Run away, yes. that young lady in the middle. Where? Right there. Yep. Oh. So as many of you know who have been here to watch my journey, the day after Easter last year, I was in a terrible car accident. It cost me my leg ultimately. My sister-in-law took every ounce of her fiber of her being to be my warrior, now beyond that, before that, I had gone through a terrible mental breakdown because I had been kidnapped and raped. My husband had to get me through that. I hated God. Not to the point where you, you are angry. I mean, I literally loathed the idea that he was even real. And... We had come to church just before for Easter, and I heard pastor's voice, and I felt soothed. Not in a way that I thought I would belong, but I felt soothed. And then the very next day, I almost lost my life. Well, with that tragedy, three years, two years, three years beforehand, my husband was hit by a semi. Michael almost lost his life. When that happened, I was actually in a mental institution trying to get myself better. I didn't understand anything of what was going on. I couldn't help my kids, and much the same as Jane. I literally hated my existence, and I contemplated suicide about a billion different ways. But because I wanted to see my husband and I wanted to see my children grow, it kept me here. Through the year of listening to what God had in my purpose, I heard your story. And the resonation of what other people had survived gave me the strength to utilize 
myself in a way that I was going to push forward. Yeah. I yeah. was going to walk. I was going to talk, which I don't shut up. Anybody that knows me, I don't <laughs> shut up. And I utilized everything that I could with my voice online. And I speak to thousands of people now. And they ask me, how do you get out of that chair? How do you get out of that chair? Because I have to. I have four dogs. Like, <laughs> I, have, I have three Dalmatians. They don't sit down. And then I have Wilson and anybody that knows Man. Wilson. But I just had to be the one to keep going. And Pastor said there will be a day. And it was today. Man, Somebody else? Yep. Her story inspired mine. Okay, so <laughs> like four years ago, I went through a lot of trauma. Um, I was in an abusive marriage. My daughter's father is a drug addict, and I went through a divorce because um, he was about to lose his child because his previous wife didn't want her around all the abuse. So in one day on my daughter's eighth birthday, that was the last time we saw her stepsister, stepfather, and her real father. Her real father abandoned us and moved to Texas, got bad on drugs, ended in prison. Went, I went through a divorce, so I wasn't able to see my stepdaughter or husband again. We moved here. I was on my deathbed, very suicidal. Um, it was me and my eight-year-old daughter and nothing. And so um, God was teaching me um, how to heal naturally because he's the healer. And he doesn't want us to stay stuck on medicine our whole life. Mm -hmm. He wants to heal us. So he was teaching me natural ways that he heals us through working through childhood trauma and um, power in our words, everything like that. But he wouldn't send anyone to help me because he wanted me to be able to hear him so clearly within my own heart. And um, the reason he did that was because he wants me to help other people. So I own a wellness center and I have prophetic gifts where I help people understand what God is saying to them, where people are healing. But one time someone came to me from Idaho and said that God sent her to me and she was working on me and she said, you're, I shake when I talk in the spirit, sorry. <laughs> but she said, it's as if you're quivering on the inside, but God wants you to be so strong on the inside, the world can be falling around you and you stand strong. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's doing with all of us Excellent. within our soul, is that when we're with him and we're perfectly in alignment with him, the world can be shaken and tumbling, but we're strong warriors. Amen, young lady. No, no. We could go on all day and should go on all night, and you should share your story. See, we're so comfortable, and I say this as my soapbox, orange box, or apple box, whatever that thing is that people do. I'm just saddened in our culture. We're so comfortable being sarcastic. We're just not comfortable speaking life. It's really easy to make a joke rather than to look for it. I mean, I thank you for all of you sharing. This place, his place, has to be a safe place for his people. The whole series has been about the big idea that you and I are called and commissioned by Jesus to be salt and light first before we ever decide whether we're left or right or independent. Please, I'm not against politics. I'm just against politics being first. Be politically whatever way you feel you need to lean, but let Jesus be the filter first 
on the other way around that we filter things. Why is it important? Maybe because how we say what we say really, really matters. In a world that's constantly highlighting and magnifying bad news because it breeds fear and anxiety, especially in the culture we're living in today, instead of hope and peace. We as Christ followers are encouraged to be even more aware of how powerful us being bearers and sharers of the good news is needed today, especially of all days. One of the ways we can easily do that is to simply choose to speak life whenever, wherever, regardless of what's happening around about us. And that's my own soapbox, Apple box for next week is I look back and please, I'm not trying to be political, but I look back on the last political season. There's some people out there that I respect immensely that are mentors of mine at a distance. And one of them said the church failed in the last election. Because what we did was we spoke death in all different directions instead of speaking life in a public forum. We got into these camps and boxes. And I, I don't mind you having a political bent. Please have it. But please be first and foremost filled with the presence and life of Jesus, filtering everything you are through your political preference and whatever that would be. One of the scriptures that we as a Foursquare Church hold dear and is this one, and it's on the wall on your way in. It's, it's Hebrews 13, 8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What does that mean in down-to-earth terms? That all that Jesus stood for and all that he modeled for us in the beginning is available to you and I today. And here's the crazy thing. When you wake tomorrow morning, that same Jesus will be available to you as he was all those years ago. He's available today and he's available tomorrow and he's available in the future. And no matter what happens in our system or our world or our country, Jesus is still Lord of all and he's still on the throne and he always will be. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I'll keep going, Lord. I was trying really hard, Jesus, but that's okay. But here's the thing. That same person is with you. He wants to walk with you and I, work with you and I, and help you and I walk into the purpose and plan that he has for us. What purpose and plan? It's always been to be salt and light to those he's placed around us in whatever job you're in, wherever you function and impact people's lives on a daily basis. He's always wanted you to be salt and light there. Yeah, be really good at your job. You should be. I think it's hypocritical. I remember in the military, I was a chaplain and an engineering officer, and I remember having coffee with the skipper one morning. They, they said, Robert believes this. They used the military word. I want you Because on Sunday morning, but the skipper said, hey, Rob, I really appreciate your message. And I'm like, well, thank you. I said, I was like, phew. I said, boss, it really wouldn't work if I was a pathetic engineer and a good chaplain. Right? We can't go to work and be Jesus and not be good employees. Is there only one amen in the room? Seriously? We can't go to work and be bad employees and then talk about Jesus. It just doesn't work. You have to be the best employee in the place. You have to go the second mile, the third mile. You have to give all that you have and believe Jesus will use to allow our words to have power. Because if they don't, if we don't live that way, they don't have power. And our salt and our light, it loses its saltiness and it loses its brightness. We've lost our way. Go back and check in the first century and all that was going on politically and culturally. You've heard this before, but, but the picture it paints is so revealing. Jesus lived during a tumultuous period of Jewish history, dominated by Roman military occupation of Palestine. The aftermath 
the momentous upheavals of the rule of Herod the Great and the fragmenting of Jewish politics and religion into various competing sectarian factions, each with their own unique perspective on their practice of faith and their understanding of contemporary circumstances. Sounds like the 21st century with the church. We prefer this, we prefer that, we prefer this, we prefer that. Like some people come and go, how come you don't use this certain Bible? Is that the only right Bible? I'm like, well, actually, it's actually not. Yeah, it is, it's accurate. No, no, he didn't call himself illegitimate. I won't use the words in church, but that was not the word he used. But we used that word because it worked in the moment and it meant it. And we get into this separation stuff over stuff that's really not salvation-based. We miss the point. In many ways, one of the greatest and biggest factors that inhibits our understanding of Jesus, I think, in the world today is the fact that we live in the United States of America in the 21st century. We live at a time at relative peace. Jesus didn't. We enjoy the benefits of democracy and human rights and all the struggles that go with it. Jesus didn't. We live in a society that enjoys reasonable economic prosperity and social mobility. Jesus didn't. And we live in a culture that's trying to value religious tolerance. Jesus didn't. But regardless of all that, Jesus didn't get distracted from his mission and our mission to be hope, to be the hope of the world to all that were around him. This scripture is actually for every political party and is found in Luke 19. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost, added by me regardless of whether or not they are left or right or independent. Jesus, the Son of Man, came to seek and save those who are lost, regardless of what political party they're a part of. Can I say Is that okay? Really? You cover me if I do? You got my back? Sorry to burst your bubble, but being a Republican won't get you into heaven. And so we're clear. Being a Democrat won't get you into heaven. And, and so we're I'm not. And so we're clear. Being an independent won't get you into heaven. Only knowing Jesus will as your personal Lord and Savior. Whichever party we're a part of in the process, the local church represented by us has to be a place where everyone. Young lady, thank you for sharing your story. You're welcome in this house. You, young lady, are welcome in this house. You are welcome in this house. You are welcome in this house. You are welcome in this house. Whatever your resume would say, you are welcome in this house. Can I have an amen, please? Thank you. Gary, we need to serve some coffee in the middle of my message. Yeah, there's an amen right there. See, for Jesus, it was. Regardless of what was going on around about him, he stayed focused on who was standing right in front of him. Why? Because the understanding of the power that he understood of how powerful his words were and how life-giving his words could be to the people that were right in front of him. In this case, this young lady, if you've watched The Chosen, you've seen this. Thank you so much. It's not you. There's quite a lot going on right now. (laughs) 
So it's good to have you back. I don't know what to say. I don't require much. I'm, I'm so ashamed. You redeemed me and I just threw it all away. Well, that's not much of a redemption if it can be lost in a day, is it? <laughs> I owe you everything. But I just don't think I can do it. Do what? Live up to it. Repay you. How could I leave? How could I go back to the place I was? And I didn't even... I didn't even come back on my own. They had to come get me. <laughs> I just can't live up to it. Well, that's true. <laughs> but you don't have to. I just want your heart. A father just wants your heart. Give us that which you already have. And the rest will come in time. Did you really think that you'd never struggle or sin again? I know how painful that moment was for you. I shouldn't. Someday. But not here. I'm just so sorry. I know we'll talk about the Bible, because we should, because don't ever listen to what I have to say without checking it against the word. I, I love Jesus. He's the coolest cat, best friend I've ever had in my life. Really. Best friend I've ever had in my life. Loved me when I shouldn't be loved. Been there for me when I didn't deserve him to be there. And we'll talk about the Bible in this place. We will. We'll continually come back to it from a variety of perspectives. But that's what he wants first. I don't want to fill your head full of Christian knowledge. 
and it not sink yet 10 inches. I don't. I mean, we, I, we will. We'll talk. I mean, we're talking about the Bible. We're looking at the Bible today from a personal application perspective. That's one way. I don't want you just to be head knowledge people. I want you to passionately be in love with Jesus and really, truly just give him your heart in the moment you find yourself. Worship team, would you come? He forgives you. Whatever it is that's holding you back from letting go and letting God, he forgives you. Whatever it is you think you don't know, you don't need to know. Like, I don't know. Every, I can't even spell half the names in the Bible because they're this long. Like, what was he thinking? Is it, I have to use every letter in the alphabet? Like, just call him Ben or Robert or John. Oh, you did. Or John. Like, just stick to John's. Or Matthew, to keep it simple. But no, he spells names like this. And I know all the theologians like, yeah, but names mean things. I would say, if it's a joke, relax. <laughs> I know names mean things. Your name means something. In fact, he named you. Not your parents. Yeah, my parents. No, he's... <laughs> before you ever took a breath, before you ever were that little tiny thing in there before it ever happened he knew you and he called you and designed you and made you for such a time as this I know you all want to be Irish I get it I understand I don't blame you I am sorry I don't blame you I mean but I want to finish with something different this morning. Just, I want to read you a scripture. I want to ask you a question. Is there words that have been spoken over your life that are stopping you from taking the next step? Are there words that have been spoken over your life that have left a stain or a bruise? Are there words that are holding you back from just being everything Jesus called you to be? Thank you, young ladies, for sharing your story. Thank you so much. This is a place that people are safe. Honestly. We're going to sing and we're going to read and we're going to do the Bible thing. I think it's the coolest thing in the world to do. I really do. And I think you should know your Bible. I think you should read it. I think you should practice prayer, all that stuff. I just prayed for you this morning right there on my face. I was lying here on the floor this morning praying for you. You would just allow him to have your heart. Whatever stopped you in this, whatever's, whoever's made a mistake, whatever's gone on, give him a chance and just kind of go, Dad, I just want to. Give it back to you, and there's words that are floating around in my head that I need to let go of. I read you a scripture. Why? Because in Mark 16, it says this, and he said to them, and he says to us, as you go into the world, he doesn't want us to get tricked into hiding from the world. He wants us to be in the world. Would you preach? Would you speak? Would you share openly? the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. That's every person that's a part of the Republican Party. God help us. Every person that's a part of the Democratic Party. God help us. Every party that's independent party. God help us break through the barriers. That, that a Republican and a Democratic person, independent person will be welcomed in this house just the way they are with all the thoughts and all the things they have. I know they're all messed up, all of them. All of them are messed up in some sort of way because the answer isn't a person 
in D.C.? The answer is a person on the throne of heaven. Today, he says, I'm available to you. Why are words so important? And I say this respectfully, please, if I cross the line, please see me afterwards, please. You see, sadly, good people don't go to heaven because of their good deeds. Only saved ones go because of his deeds, not of our deeds. Do we do good deeds? Yeah, you did this morning. There's people serving down with Caitlin in the kids' ministry today. There's people greeting at the door. There's people made coffee. There's people on our worship team. There's people that set this room up. There's people that's clean. There's people that are doing a bunch of great, great, great deeds that are good for us to do. They don't get us in. A relationship with the living Savior here does. That's good news. This should be shared. And your part in the story really matters. Really, really matters. See, Dad wants us or is calling us to be good news people in a bad news world. Why? First Timothy said this, Jesus wants not only us but everyone. Republicans, Democrats, and Independents, etc., etc., alike to be saved. You know, everyone to get to know the truth that we've learned. What truth? That there's one God and only one, and one priest, mediator between God and us, Jesus, who offered himself in exchange for everyone, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, etc., etc., alike. Everyone and anyone held captive by sin to set them free. Mic drop. Mic drop. That Jesus is the only person that sets people free. Not jumping through a bunch of hoops or going to a certain place or dressing a certain way. I mean, look at me for, I mean, Andrea nearly dressed me, so it's gonna, I guess it's half good. You don't have to dress up. You can just be you. Please don't come in your birthday suit. But, but I mean, I mean, but <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> and, and I say all that. Like you can come dressed seriously. You can come, but don't come dressed up to get a check in the box. Just come and be transparent yourself to get a check in the box. And that's what you have to do. I ask you as one of Lauren lead us and close us in a song. Um, is there a word stuck in your head, your heart, that this morning you know Dad wants to do? Like I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes just for a second, bow your head, just so it can be personal. And before they sing, I'm gonna ask you if that's you just to stand right where you're at. You know there's some words that are stuck in you and they're trapped in you that you need God to get rid of today. Would you just stand where you're at? Don't worry about anybody else. It doesn't matter about anybody else. Seriously. Don't give a rip about the person sitting next to you. They don't, they don't really matter actually right now. Only dad does. And I'm going to ask us to do this. There's some people standing. Anyone else, would you open your eyes a second? Those standing just close your eyes. I'm going to 
hospital, Lord, leads into this song. And then I'm going to ask you, just as God would stir your heart, if you wouldn't mind, because here, here's the thing, we get to practice this right now. Why just go to a person near and just pray, excuse me, would you mind if I just lay my hands? Can I just pray with you quietly while they're leading us through this worship song? And, and take the words that you've been given. Some people said 6,000, some people said 600, some people had 60,000 for certain people. Would you just take some of those words in a minute as we're going through the worship song and just bless somebody that's standing nearby you? Speak life over them because you can. And everyone else, just enjoy the worship song. When you feel comfortable, would you, you stand in a minute and just enter into worship as we close our service? I want to learn.
just as people are finishing praying, can I can I ask us to go with this? Can, could you imagine what would happen if kingdom people chose to go a different way? That if, imagine if kingdom people, in moments where fire explodes, that rather than bringing fuel to a fire, kingdom people brought water to it. That, that maybe next week, kingdom people would speak life into situations that seem hopeless rather than adding fuel to it. Imagine if kingdom people went home in the privacy of our home. We spoke life to one another instead of death. Imagine walking across the street in our neighborhoods. If we walked across the street in our neighborhoods and just chose to speak life to the people around us. In our workplaces, we just choose to speak life. You do it so well here to the guests that come to church. You allow guests to all of a sudden not be guests, but to becoming family. You allow people to stand up and share their story of brokenness, maybe. And it'd be okay. I just wonder what would happen. Imagine if, if the kingdom... Instead of doing this, did this next Tuesday, next election, next whatever. And imagine if kingdom people just find them place on a place of humility, because that's really what kneeling is. Right? It's, I'm going to kneel before my maker and I'm secure enough in my matter that that's okay. I don't have to do this. I can do this. I wonder if we as a church would pause for a moment. I'm going to ask Lauren just to close us out here with what's going to happen here in the next 21 days, starting the 1st of November. We're going to practice for the 1st of January. Foursquare as a movement in January is going to have 21 days of fasting and prayer. We're going to practice as a church. Lauren's going to walk us into what we're going to, we're inviting you to come do it. You don't have to legislate. We're going to invite you if you want. There's going to be a list of stuff, but, but Lauren will paint the picture and let you know. So Lauren, would you go ahead and share, please, sweetheart? Thank you. Absolutely. So we have a graphic here. It says, Tuesday fast. November 1st through the 21st. And um, uh, you can go back and look in Joel chapter 2, um, verses 12 and 18. These statements are kind of abbreviated thoughts and the essence and the heart of these two verses. Turn to me. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting. Stop with appearances. Humble your hearts. And then verse 18 says, and I will pour out my spirit on all people. And um, just really quick, I just wanted to share my heart. Uh, I feel like the Lord wants me to share this. A year ago, I came to Pastor Rob and... I told him that the Lord had been really stirring my heart to do a early morning time of prayer at the church. And I was at home one day and I was just on my face weeping and crying. And and the Lord said, "Will you will you get up early and meet with me and pray for your community?" And I came and told Rob and and this, I went into this picture. I saw this picture, and I saw the Lord, and he <laughs> he had a calendar book out, <laughs> and he was pointing uh, at the calendar. I couldn't see it, it, but he said, "It's not that I, it's not that you have to, and it's not that 
you're doing something that makes me do something, it's that I love you and I want to invite you to come. And um, that was a year ago. And I, so I asked Rob and I started coming on Friday mornings at six in the morning. And even today when these beautiful daughters were sharing their testimonies, I was remembering that when I come on Fridays, I put on worship music and worship and thank him. And most of the hours just weeping and crying. There's a scripture in Romans 8 that says, when we don't know how to pray, the spirit of God himself makes intercession for us with groanings beyond our words. And I've been out here just weeping and it's a gift from God. I can't even boast in any of it. It's all Jesus. And I felt the Lord say, even this past year, as I've been weeping in the Holy Spirit, it's been on behalf of the ones that have been rescued out of suicide, rescued out of the strongholds of the enemy. And so a few weeks ago, I began to feel that stirring, and I began to feel the Lord say, call fast, call fast. And I was like, oh gosh, okay. I'm like, well, we can fast. Me and Owen and our kids will fast. Um, and I shared with my friend Carly Webster at Second Street, and she was like, why don't we all fast? And I was like, oh, I don't know. So I came to some of the leadership and the pastors and Rob, and I shared my heart. And there was just this resounding yes, like, let's go. Fasting, it's, it's not about a religious thing we have to do. Like Rob said, it's about making room for Jesus in our own heart, in our own lives. So you could fast your favorite television show. You could fast you know, maybe your lunch hour at work and get on your face with Jesus. So, so we want to invite the whole family here at, uh, you went to campus and at second street campus up in North Ogden. We are doing 21 days of fasting and prayer. And there's also a schedule. We just had this resounding yes from some of our leaders to host a prayer meeting for all of us. So you'll see there's a meeting for every day of the fast. Um, they're all at different times. There's no obligation. There's no pressure. This is not about being legalistic or religious. This is about if your heart is stirring, if your heart is burning, we want to invite you to these. They're one-hour prayer meetings that each of these leaders will be leading every day for three weeks. And we'll have these graphics available to you so you can go back and reference them. They'll be on our um, website and through an email and um, on social media. So I just want to invite us. I believe this is a season where Jesus has his finger on the calendar and he wants to come in a fresh way and pour out his spirit. And it's not scary. His spirit is his himself. He's offering us himself, all of his beauty, all of his goodness, all of his love, all of his healing, all of his restoration. He's so good. And so, yeah, we just want to invite you to this time. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to any of these leaders, Pastor Rob, myself. Um, can I just pray? Yeah, can you pray a... for me a second? I want to, Lord's going to close us out in prayer. Here's two places you can practice your words. And this is not a marriage counseling session, but it probably might come across as one. If, if there's turmoil or, or not so,
invite Jesus to be a part of that. Praying with one, we can take our words and we can powerfully implement them in our relationships. You do such a good job of guests who come in here. Thank you so much. I I love serving you. I I love being the best janitor in the world. Because that's really what being a pastor is. It's serving other people. It's not you serving me. I don't want you to serve me or any of our pastors. We're here to serve you. Our heart is to encourage you to be everything that Jesus called you to be. And the words he's given you are your words. Not mine, your words. Your words speak life to people in ways that will literally take your breath away. Thank you for taking this journey with us. And one of the places you can use your words is invite someone to come join you at church. We're going to have a Christmas Eve service here. Someone's asking our days to clarify. We're not going to have a service on Christmas Day because it's, it's Sunday. We're going to have a Christmas Eve service that's both of our, our Sunday morning service and our Christmas Eve service combined so you can enjoy your families on Christmas Day. Because the last time we tried to do it, we had 12 inches of snow. Uh, but that was seven years ago. But we're just going to have a Christmas Eve. Bring a friend. Invite a friend to Christmas. Let your words be an invitation to a lot of people. I'm not perfect and I don't know everything. There's way better Bible teachers out there than I'll ever be. It really is. I'm just a storyteller who, this kid is passionate in love with Jesus. He's the coolest cat I've ever known. He's the best friend I've ever had. And every single day, he speaks life to me. Every single day. He's not weird and religious, and I don't get the booming voices. I just get this whisper. Hey, kid, yeah, I love you so much. Thanks for doing this. You know I resigned every year. Don't panic. I've resigned for 30-something years from September, weekend of September to Dead Turkey Day, which happens to be Thanksgiving. I didn't know that in Europe, but that's when I started it. And I walked through a 10-week process just going, Jesus, I love serving you, but I don't need to. I just want to be your kid. I just want to be in love with you. I just want to enjoy your presence. If you want me to keep doing it, I'm glad to keep doing it, but I don't need to. But I will, and I love serving you, but only, only if it's yours. It's nothing I can take. I don't deserve it. I don't. But I love Jesus, and I know he loves you and I, and I know he loves your friends. So I'm going to ask Lauren, if you would stand with me this morning, would you? If you're comfortable, grab a friend's hand or their ear or their hair or their nose, whatever is best for you. Then Lauren's just going to pray us out this morning and release us. So thank you, Lauren. thank you for your love God I thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts and in our lives I thank you for the testimonies today of deliverance and freedom and healing and new life and I thank you God that you are faithful and you are the one you are the desire of our hearts even if we don't know it you are the desire of our hearts God and so I just pray over every woman every girl in this room. I thank you that you've given them your heart. God, you call them daughter. You call them beloved. You call them friend. You've marked them as warriors, God, prayer warriors, um, ones who carry your gospel. I thank you for every man in this room, every boy in this room, God, that you've given a tender heart, a feeling heart, a heart of compassion, a heart of desire for Jesus, that you've called them as mighty warriors. And so I just thank you for each one, Jesus. And we just say yes to you in this season. We say come and have your way in our hearts and in our families and our homes and our marriages and our lives. You're so beautiful. We open up the door. You said that you knock at the door and if we open it, you will come in and dine with us. 
So we open the door and we say, come in, Jesus. We love you. Have your way in us in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. can help us this morning. We're getting ready for the harvest party. It's happening tomorrow. Bring a kids, bring a neighbor. If you wouldn't help us, we want to put all the chairs, if you could, in stacks of four against the walls, both sides, just so that Caitlin and her team can come in and get it set up. And so if you can knock that in tomorrow night, come and join us at six o'clock. But if you could help us for a few minutes, stack the chairs, I'd really appreciate it. Have a great day, guys. God bless. Love you. Thank you so much. Other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between Yo, it's crazy, amazing We can turn our heart through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Broken, live or die So speak Mountains crumble with every syllable.